0: Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode six. I would like to remind everybody that we are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow the returning guest, Zach underscore Sullivan 22 on Twitter well we're back from episode five Zach is back from dad duties uh Nick is here as always and we're ready to talk some Bruins hockey um but before we start doing that Zach how was your brief hiatus last week how was how was uh the kid
1: it was good it was good I uh hope that the podcast didn't crash and burn without me I also just wanted (laughs) to ask you a quick question because the uh the Sullivan family poll came out and you, you did not play well, in the best athlete in the family. So how oh. did that feel?
0: Well, it's kind of tough when Who ended are winning. Technically, I guess Marcus, but uh, I mean, it's tough to compete with our family when the only sport that I was really, you know, good at was golf. Uh, Hey, don't sell yourself short hey. Come on now. <laughs> no i mean hey we won one well, I game <laughs> yeah. i do too there are a lot of swing and misses yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I will say marcus's first place is well deserved i definitely will tip my cap to him he's in the 100 point club for hockey he, i uh numbers don't lie so i can't say that he is not the best athlete in the family but mia thinking she's number two is absolutely ridiculous I think my power ranking should jump me up to number two instead of number three and Mia can slide down to number three, but Hey, you know what? Top three finish um, meddling um, big family too. So that actually does mean something. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think I'm second best athlete in the family.
0: So, so just to uh, give a little background, our cousin Marcus uh, hundred point club for his high school Um, missed
1: his junior season to COVID and still hit the 100 point club.
0: Yeah, missed his junior season. Um, yeah, because of COVID. So if he had that season, he probably would have ended up somewhere around like the 140s, 150s. Uh, unfortunately, he did lose a state title. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that, but um, also,
1: if he wasn't five foot two, he would legitimately be a D1 hockey player. Size does matter. Don't let people tell you otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: but um. Yeah, I can't disagree too much with those rankings. I know my place. But... <laughs> finish...
2: Who finished higher, you or Andrew?
0: Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,
1: Andrew, yeah. Did, so... did tried claiming a varsity letter for a sport where it is legitimately just running. Running isn't athleticism. Running just <laughs> means your fight or your flight response told you to run like a bitch ass, and that's why you're fast.
0: <laughs> All right. Well. Nick, what did you do uh, since the last time we recorded? Anything fun? Anything special? No,
2: no, not really. I had the house to myself this weekend, so. Oh, nice. Slept a lot, kind of slept around the house, watched some movies. Oh, actually, I watched, I don't know if you guys are into Star Wars, I watched the whole Kenobi series on Saturday. I haven't seen <laughs> so, any
0: of those. I haven't seen any of the new it's, ones.
2: It's. It, you're not missing much. Really? I don't leave it at that. Well, I mean, I, I. I I was never a Star Wars guy. My roommates had, from college are huge Star Wars people, so we watched every Star Wars movie over the course of one weekend. And I was like, oh, all right. I, I thought it was like, you know, like just just like science fiction stuff blasting in your face, which isn't really my thing. But it was kind of cool. And then everybody's already seen Kenobi. I mean, it came out like four months ago, so I figured. I might as well. I mean, I have all this time now. There's nobody around to talk to. I might as well sit down and, and watch something. So I just watched like there's like six episodes. I just sat and banged them all out. It was yeah. all right. There was two the, the first episode and the last episode were good. The four in the middle didn't need them.
0: Didn't you just start watching the uh, uh la, 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 House of Dragons? House of Dragons, yes, that's oh, what it's called. Sir. Yes, yeah, sir.
2: I've been watching i am, what'd you, what'd I like it. Of, I'm a huge, I'm like a huge Game of Thrones fan. So like I've been like waiting for this to come out, and I like it so far. It's gonna get a little weird though because they said that the whole first season spans over thirty years, so there's a lot of time jumps. I and was then, like,
1: just gonna bring that up. Do you know it's yeah, like the- about to happen? Not just in the storyline, but with the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they- switching uh, actresses?
0: Yeah, they just switch yeah, everybody they up.
1: Switch it uh, like no, it's. I think it's just that our. Like, playing a character that's, I think, like, 15 and a character that's around the same age as that, they are going to be getting swapped out with new actresses because of yeah. the tenured job. But most of the other primary characters, as far as I know, I don't know too much about the show. I just kind of hear things through the grapevine from other people talking about it. I do watch it, but, yeah, um, not not like a fanatic that's too uh, into the underground they are keeping yeah. most of the other characters, uh, actors and actresses, the same.
2: Yeah, the four. There's four that are being switched, as far as I know. It's the Rhaenyra, whatever her name is, the, yeah. the pretty alive. much the main character. Yeah, yeah. the Alison Hightower, whatever her name is, the one who's I don't want to spoil it, but the the king and the, the hand of the king's daughter, and then the two children, the twelve year old girl that the king had that whole the whole thing with. And her brother. So the two kids of uh the master of ships and his wife or whatever. Those are the four people that are getting new actors and actresses.
1: The for. main girl, Renarius or whatever, Renaria. Yeah. Uh I I don't want her to get switched out. I don't really care about the other ones. They haven't made any impressions on me. That girl is a good actress. Like she does a yeah. very good job with the show. And like you look at her and she like reminds you of Khaleesi. So, like, yeah. it makes sense that the family lineage, like, I would like her to stay on the show because you just, yeah. like, you kind of feel like, I don't know. Can't you fucking just put some makeup on and, like, add a little wrinkles and make her 10 years older?
2: Yeah, they definitely could. Cause I you know in the show, she's, I think she's 15, but the actress in real life is like 22 or 23. And, she, like you said, like, she looks just like Khaleesi, who's, you know, oh, the star man. she only has of one a few of more stars. years to
1: date DiCaprio.
2: it's definitely it's a great show though and if if you're not into game of thrones you can still watch
1: it because it takes place like
2: 250 years before the show
1: but if you have nothing to do with game of thrones honestly it's basically just like an origin story of the yeah and and
2: it it kind of it it kind of because in the original game of thrones you know a lot they give you a lot of information in the episodes but there's still some stuff that's kind of left lingering especially with the targaryens what the whole show is about and then this kind of answers some questions for that and then like you see like some like scenes like i had a meeting in a room that you saw in game of thrones like oh that's cool that's what that room looked like 200 years ago or something like that or like deserted yeah, islands. There's, are, the, are full of uh, people now. there's
1: the iron throne right the iron throne yeah in there, you see that Game of Thrones and like the families is kind of like the uh, original six of hockey, right? Just (laughs) you got all this old history and stuff. You got the six families, (laughs) you got the six teams. You hear what they're trying to do, or I don't know if they're trying to do. I just kind of heard it was, I don't know, maybe just some guy on Twitter went viral for tweeting this out, but I thought it, it is pretty cool doing an original six night in hockey where all, you know, 26 other teams have off and you just have, the six teams the original six teams match up with each other um it would be nationally broadcasted uh every single game so you know you get the exposure and everything and i'm pretty sure all six teams have big markets right boston has a big market new york has a big market chicago has a big market yeah detroit Detroit. philly
0: montreal not philly not philly yeah i
1: don't know why i always think philly's the I originally. do know
0: it's not yeah. only you, it just seems like they've been around forever. So, I yeah, I kind of do see, the I same feel thing. Like every
1: Philly's Chicago, Chicago forever. No, we did say Chicago. All right, so, so it's Toronto, Toronto, it's Montreal, it's Boston, New York, Detroit, and Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and all, all six of them have pretty big markets and definitely a big hockey market. So, you'd get the viewership, like it might be like the one time of year I would tune into a Detroit Red Wings game that doesn't have the Bruins in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if it's
0: like Detroit against like the Rangers and then you have us in either the Leafs or uh Montreal and then you got like I don't know Chicago. Who would you want who would
1: you want out of that dream matchup? Excluding divisional opponents. So take Toronto and Montreal out of it. Uh Detroit. You want Detroit?
0: Yeah. That would be okay. a pretty sick matchup.
1: Is that just for I like think even, though I that, even though
0: that is division, but still? <laughs>
1: <Is that laughs> oh, just, oh yeah, is that is that just okay, because they're not in the West anymore. Right?
0: Yeah. They. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just oh, I knew they were in the East, sense. but I never really figured yeah. where they got dropped into over here. I kind of figured that they would just get dropped in the Metro, not Atlantic. Since I did too, fun. honestly. There, it they makes were no sense. Literally in the West, and now we just moved them to an East Coast border, to, to the easternmost <laughs> division
0: in the NHL. It actually doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like I thought they would move, maybe a team like Philly into our division, or um, that would make
1: so much sense. move. for the Islanders. I don't know, though. I don't think that
2: that Philly and Pittsburgh rivalry. I think you got to yeah, keep that's the same too
0: division. good. Yeah, no, honestly, that's the that's yeah. Too Devils. Of a move the
2: Devils in the Atlantic. They're so yeah, irrelevant. Honestly, yeah. give, exactly. Give it's
1: such a yeah. good idea. Give us the devils. No one would even notice, and then put Detroit and Metro. <laughs> Detroit Metro make way more sense. Yeah, I love. No, I does. love
2: the original six idea, and it makes I do too, too much sense. It makes too much sense, and that's probably
1: why the NHL hasn't done it yet. Right. But, well, like the NHL... do whole... who, who do you think's you... the worst? Who do you think's worse at running their league and growing it, though? Manfred or Batman? Because I'm strongly Manfred. on Manfred. Yeah, Manfred. Manfred. Yeah, dude. The Mets. The Mets
0: just did that Edwin Diaz live uh, Timmy trumpet thing, and that was like probably the most viral the MLB has gone in the last like two three seasons. Because they don't let you share their content.
1: It's like, do right. you want your sport to grow, or do you just want it to be? They're probably just it's like, like, a club. Yeah, like, like, oh, no one, no one that watches this knows how to use Twitter. <laughs> I think like like Gary
2: like Gary Good Bettman port. is. He's the only NHL commissioner, right? I believe he's the first and only. I just don't really like him is because he, he, inaug- he, put himself- he, ad- he inaugurated season. himself into the NHL Hall and into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, that's
1: kind of come on. What a power move. May have just been yeah. respect for it. But well, it- at least, at least. Are yeah, you like- fucking kidding me? If I was my own boss and I was like, I'm eligible for a promotion, I'm not passing myself up for a promotion. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay, At time least, out. there's like... only been there's only been two NHL commissioners. It was uh Gil Stein and then he retired in nineteen ninety-three and then Batman took over. So there's there you weren't off really. There's only been two. Oh. Let's jump into some uh some Bruins talk because Bruce Cassidy kind of made some waves over the weekend. Um he was talking or he was doing an interview with the Vegas Golden Knights about you know his his time how his time has been in vegas so far um and they ended up you know obviously bringing up his time in boston and some of his quotes were actually kind of interesting like he had one about jake debrusque that kind of made me like what question some things fucking i haven't him.
1: heard this what do you say
0: so um Does
1: he hate him with a passion <laughs> no,
0: but I'll read I'm will read. kind so...
1: of like wondering, is Jake De... not that Jake DeBrus is the be all end all, but was Jake right. DeBrus just another straw on the camel's back that led to him getting fired?
0: Maybe it might have been because this is what the quote was. So the question was, I'll, I'll just read the article it says Cassidy was as candid as ever throughout the interview as the new Vegas Golden Knights head coach didn't shy away from the drama that surrounded De- Jake Debrusque and his trade demands. Here's the quote. Only he can answer that. I thought he had a really good finish to his year. I think there was a, there, I think there was different things that went into his trade demand. We just signed Taylor Hall to a long-term contract, who was a left winger. Brad Marchand had a long-term contract, so there may have been some issues of how high he could get into the lineup. But where he said, only he can answer that he's he's putting the ball into Jake DeBrusque court he doesn't want to answer the question so because if, if nothing was going on he would have said straight up there was no problem his trade demand had nothing to do with me blah 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 whatever he he kind of danced around the question a little bit he he blamed uh Taylor Hall's contract he blamed Brad Marchand's contract as if Jake Debrus couldn't as if Bruce Cassidy couldn't slide DeBrusk hey, up on the right what, side. You know
1: what, yeah, you know what that sounds like. Uh, there's still two of the wing spots to be open on the first two lines. Hmm. I just think it's a guy that just doesn't want to deal with fucking bullshit anymore because he did kind of get hosed. I thought, I thought he became the scapegoat of the entire situation. They, they canned his ass. So Cam Neely and. Sweeney could essentially just be like, well, we don't think it was us. Like, I just think the coaching didn't get the players where they needed to be, which I don't think is the case because if you remember where we were when he came in after the Julian firing, we were just treading water. And, I mean, we did get absolutely shellacked by Ottawa on a a (laughs) (laughs) 1-3-1. Don't forget Eric Carlson used to be good. They could run a 1-3-1 with that guy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, from Cassie, I, I kind of would compare it to like the Isaiah Thomas thing. Like, we were treading like just like around 500 below 500, and he got here. Um, and, and the reason why I compare it to that is just because I mean, obviously, a player impacts the court or the ice or the field more than a coach, but very similarly, right? Like, this guy comes in, this guy shows up, and all of a sudden, things really turn around. Like, he didn't like he made the playoffs that year, the Celtics made the playoffs that year. The Bruins made the playoffs that year, but they both got embarrassed. But then after that, it was conference final, conference final, conference final. Bruins even made a final. Um, So we're like, was he really the problem? Because he actually got stuff out of guys that we really weren't uh, getting from another coach. And then, uh, yeah, I guess like. They pointed out that he wasn't good with the young guys, but I don't know. Is is there really a big sample size that the young guys weren't developing? Like Jake DeBrus turned into be an okay player under Cassidy, and I think the other guys all just didn't develop because you got shitty fucking players. So it's not his fault. You guys just wanted to point the finger at someone else, and I think he's just kind of in a position where he's just so dumb with this franchise, and he's just like, I really don't feel like talking about it. don't feel like talking about a old player of mine don't feel like talking about an old team of mine they can answer that question
0: yeah that's a fair point nick what do you think
2: you know i always i always liked um bruce cassie i can always respect the coach who just says it how it is i hate when they go up there and just start sugarcoating everything and like he very well could have went up there and been like yeah you know it's there's no story there nothing but i kind of like how he kind of set his mind i always wondered if maybe maybe the kind of stirred the pot with his with his trade request because like thinking about it I mean you know it seems like looking at it now that Bruce Cassidy was not like in that locker room it to the point where David Krejci said he would go play in Europe he'd rather play there than come back here for another year and I think it's very telling now that Bruce Cassidy's gone and Bergeron suddenly isn't retiring anymore and Krejci came back and I think that maybe this is something that's been going on and it was kind of You know, I didn't know anything about it. I've never heard the media ever say anything that Bruce Cassidy is. There's some sort of disdain in the locker room until Jake DeBrusque had his trade request. And suddenly, all of a sudden, this stuff is coming out that, you know, maybe, maybe he's not coming. He's not bringing the young players along the right way. He's too stern with his other players. Other players have come out and said stuff that like, Oh, like, you know, they don't like the way that his coaching style, or maybe he's too direct and he doesn't nurture the young players in the team. None of this stuff was known, at least, I don't know, maybe maybe you heard about it before. I never heard anybody report this until Jake DeBrus made his trade request. Right, and now you right. look at him now, and he's sitting in Vegas, and he's thinking, yeah, you know, you want to ask about Jake DeBrusque? he's the one who kind of, that's, I'm sitting in Vegas. I lost my job because this whole media whirlwind kicked up that I wasn't liked by the team because Jake DeBrus decided to take it public by asking for a trade. So I wonder if maybe that's what happened. I know he, he clearly had some sort of feelings about Jake DeBrusque, whether he didn't think he was good enough because he, he was shuffling down the lines and he wasn't playing him a lot. And I also start to think that – I don't know if, if it's how the Bruins feel, but I know that they really botched that draft. How many times we talked about that, what, 2014 draft, and they had three picks in a row, and Jake 15. DeBrusque is a – 2015. I always mix it up. I know but Jake DeBrusk. Jake DeBrusk is the best player to come out of that draft. Maybe Zaboro can turn into something. I don't know. But the fact that it's taken him what now seven years to crack the roster when they draft him in 2015, and now Zaboro's starting to get some big time minutes. Maybe they're like, listen, we we can't let go of DeBrusk right now because that would look horrible on us if we really have no players left from that horrible draft. When you look at the players who are taken right after, so I think that there's kind of layers to Jake DeBrusk's trade request. And I think that Bruce Cassidy has every reason in the world to have some sort of feelings towards Jake DeBras right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm kind of on the same page as honestly, both of you guys. I think he's just like, he's probably just so sick of answering questions about Boston. Like he's already in Vegas. Just he's, he's probably just done with the whole situation as a whole. All he wants to do is move on coach his Vegas team um, and just move on from Boston. He has, he has nothing to do with Jake DeBrusque or anyone affiliated with Boston anymore. They let him go. So just leave it at that and uh, let him do his job in Vegas. But this was also his quote about uh, Bergeron and Krejci. So he said, what I know about Bergeron, we talked at the end of the year. He was upfront about, I'm going to take some time. Don't think the decision they made with me had anything to do with Bergeron. As for Krejci, he told us that his parents were getting older. He wanted his kids to kn- to get to know his grandparents. With COVID, there was a good challenge, and he was going home. For how long? He said, "I don't know, but if I come back, I'm probably just I'm gonna probably just come back for the Bruins." With Krejci, we never had disagreements. He wanted to play with Pasternak more than he did. Who didn't, right? He'd be the first to admit it. Hopefully, he gets his chance this year. So he's kind of acknowledging the fact that Krejci did want to play with Pasternak more. And he's alluding to the fact that everybody wanted to play with Pasternak. So Cassie didn't really have too much of a choice. So obviously you're going to play pasta on the first line and you're not going to take, or you're not going to take Bergeron off the first line just to play with Krejci. So there is that disagreement there and he kind of alluded to it a little bit and acknowledged it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, he's no longer here. The reasons for that, we'll never know fully. But it does sound like the big three, Jake to maybe not Patrice Bergeron, but maybe Krejci a little bit too, all had a little bit of something to do with it. And like I said too before, like we'll never know. We'll never actually have the answers, but it does sound like just based on... You know the way he talked about DeBrusque, The way he kind of he even danced around Krejci a little bit, but he did say, you know, he did want to play with Pasternak more. And I think he was saying, without saying that, it just wasn't going to happen as much as Krejci wanted it to. So
2: yeah, and and big ups to to Bruce Cassidy for speaking about that because he, like you said, yeah. he's in Vegas. He's not here anymore. He doesn't. He didn't even coach Krejci last year. He didn't have to talk about it if he didn't want to. Right. But, the the I I agree with Bergeron. I think that I think that Bergeron was true in in, in, in saying that he wants to take his time to make his decision. Yeah. I feel like I honestly feel like if Bruce Cassidy stayed here for one more year, I would not be surprised if Bergeron had retired. But I feel like the length of him signing i know we talked about this we were getting a little worried now it was getting deep into the summer he still hadn't signed i feel like those intentions were true i feel like he was actually considering it with his family for creche i don't know if i agree with what he said i mean they were saying when creche first retired that he wants to go to back home so he can his kids he can spend more time with his kids who are getting older like you said his kids can meet his grandparents well, then what are you doing coming back here your kids are still getting older and you're pulling your I don't know if his kids are back here over in the states or whatnot but I feel like it, it's hard to watch a player who's been a, a key person not just on, in the organization but in the community as well just say I'm done I'm going to Europe have the coach get fired and then have, have him pick everything up and say no I'm coming back it's it's normal to have serious speculations about that and Unfortunately for Bruce Cassidy, I don't really think there's much he can say that won't make me believe that he had some sort of of action in Krejci deciding to retire, then unretire. And, and there's no point of even bringing up DeBrusque, because we already know there was something there. There was something that, between him and DeBrusque, and I think that the culmination of those key guys, whether it be Bergeron or Krejci having an opinion, DeBrusque, whether you see him as a key guy or not, he's a valuable player to this team who lacks a lot of wingers. And there's definitely more players in organization that spoke up. And unfortunately, I think that he just kind of was the fall guy the scapegoat, whatever you want to call it. But I think that if he, if the players feel that way and they're not listening to him, and whatever he's saying is falling on deaf ears. Well, then you got to get rid of him. I don't. It doesn't matter who your coach is. If he's not getting through to the players, you got to get rid of him. And right. when they first got fired, I man, I was the first person on Twitter saying they fired the wrong guy. This doesn't make any sense. But yeah, everybody end, had that
0: same just a visceral yeah, reaction.
2: At the end of the, that was before we knew that he had lost the team. And if right, it doesn't right. matter who you are. If you lose the team, you're not going to be around much longer. So ultimately. I hope Montgomery comes in and he's a good coach. I hope I'm nothing but the best, but um, it's sad to see Cassidy go, but I think, you know, a couple months now after every, the dust is settled, I think it, it was the right move.
0: Yeah. Um, so Zach, what do you think?
1: I think that Bergeron Creechie situation is just completely unrelated to Cassidy. I think it's just the media trying to make a story. Uh Berjon was on the fence. He fucking played for a very long time, hasn't won a cup in a very long time. He's probably just wondering if it's worth it. Whether Cassie was back or not, the decision I don't think was gonna be any different. And I don't think the timeline of the decision was gonna be any different. I just think that it was a guy trying to see what was gonna be the right decision for him as a player, not as uh, you know, an entire ecosystem, you know, in the locker room with the coach, all that. Uh and then the crazy thing, I think it's kind of parlayed into the bergeron thing i I do think he wanted to go back home and obviously he did for his kids and do all that and who knows maybe he got there and it wasn't cracked up to be and he wanted to come back or maybe he got there and he heard bergeron was 100 in on one last final ride and there was a spot for him to be there and he said all right fuck it let's go i don't think it had anything to do with cassie and if it did That's some fucking soft-ass pussy shit. That's some, like, fucking Gen Z shit. That's not what I expect out of (laughs) fucking 39-year-old, 38-year-old veterans. And if it is – if you didn't come and play for this team because of the coach, I don't think that you're someone that has the balls to win a championship because that is some of the softest shit I heard. All right, that's fair.
2: And for Krejci, too – You know, I know he retired or whatever temporarily, but he literally did anything but. He was playing more hockey probably than anybody on the Bruins was. I mean, he played that whole Czech season. He played in that Euros, whatever it was, for the Czech Republic. I mean, he's been playing hockey. He just decided to not play here. And now that he's deciding to come play here again, uh, there's only one outlier that's now different. And it's the coach is no longer here. So I think that alone raises a little bit of speculation with Krejci and in Cassidy's relationship.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a fair point, but um, I want to jump into, since we're talking about coaches, um, Jim Montgomery was on uh, the Jimmy fund fundraiser the other day, and they were just kind of talking Bruins, talking line combos. And he gave a little insight on what he wants to do with the top six forward lines. And I'm just gonna say it with Marshand healthy. So when Marshand is healthy, he's planning on Marshawn on the left, Bergeron in the middle, Jake Debrusque on the right. And then the second line is gonna be Taylor Hall, uh, David Krejci, and David Posternock. So I I I like that because that way what you have the, who's the right winger on the on the first line is it Debrusk Debrusk Debrusk. Uh
1: oh, so it's exactly what we thought. I'm not Right.
0: But he's going to stick with it. And then here and then now Jake DeBrusque knows he's going to have solidified top 6 minutes as long as he performs. We saw it at the end of last season. He was he was playing really really well alongside, you know, Bergeron and uh, Marshawn. So you stick him there and then you have Pasternak down on the second line with Krejci and Hall and you have two solid scoring lines in your top six forward group. I mean, you throw out the first line. You got Bergeron and Marchand as an immediate threat. And then you have Jake DeBrusque, who can sneaky put in a goal. Um, And then the second line, you got David Krejci and David Poshinok. And then not even to mention Taylor Hall on the left. So those immediately are just two forward lines right off the bat that are pretty, I would say, elite, honestly. Those are two solid offensive offensively producing lines that you can rely on night in and night out, especially when Marsha is healthy. You got two lines that are going to be able to kind of be a threat. I any actually time.
1: think that second line's is more exciting.
0: Yeah, I do, I, I do too. I do too. Honestly,
1: I, I think that that could be a hell of a lot of fun. Like it's so Yeah, like I said, like Taylor Hall, has a heart trophy no one else on this team has one like, <laughs> you got an mvp on that line you got a 40 goal scorer, and you got maybe a top six playmaker in the nhl on that maybe. line. i mean i don't know if he's still got that fucking image.
0: <laughs> hey i mean we'll see
1: though <laughs> like he's not a goal scorer anymore i i don't think he'll be a goal scorer like I, I mean I he never but really was he, like
0: a goal scorer
1: but he could score goals like I right but he could score yeah get, I think is gonna be really low the goal scoring, but I think he can create for the other guys. I'll, I still think he has that in him.
0: I mean, think about that—he has Taylor Hall on his left, and then if Taylor Hall is shut down, you got David Pashenok on your right. Literally, I mean, all he is has to do his
1: best line. That he's ever yeah, heard. all he yeah. has to
0: do is just feed them. That's all he has to do. And that's
1: <laughs> and like that's literally, red and
0: butter. <laughs> yeah, and that's what he's good he, at.
1: Yeah, that line. I honestly, that line excites like I. I know what I'm getting out of the first line. I'm going to get right. 30 to 40 goals out of uh Marshan. I'm going to get 80 points probably out of um, Bergeron and I'll get 25 goals out of DeBross. Like I know what I'm getting there.
0: Yeah. Especially if he's I there I have no all year. idea.
1: Like this is going to be Taylor's Hall best line that he's ever played with. This is going to be Creacy's best line that he's ever played with and the line that pasta place which really doesn't matter just as long as he has a second yeah. pass in the puck.
0: <laughs> yeah no and that's that's exactly like he's so uh you know you can put him anywhere it doesn't even matter like he could honestly be out there with like <laughs> he could one issue with like curtis lazar with... and he'd still put it in 25 <laughs> <laughs> The one
1: issue with that line with hall and pasta on the same line is there's gonna be a lot of sloppy puck turnovers and a lot of sloppy puck handling there
0: there could be that. Honestly, that's actually a good point that I didn't really think like, of. When like, they go into the boards, uh,
1: dude. Like the uh, Hall's been tougher than pasta, but they they get bitch made sometimes in the corners.
0: Yeah. I mean Yeah. Corners,
1: boards, like fighting it out. If Hall wants to, he can do it. Like you've seen like like I said, like he came out, he was the only guy that had energy in that final series that we had this season, and he was he was grinding and working his ass off for a couple games, and then he kind of realized it was just a mute point. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen that out of Pasta. Pasta shows up, he scores his goals, and that's great. Like, I'm not calling him a bad player. I know people will be mad at me because I'm not sucking his dick saying that he's the <laughs> fucking greatest thing in the entire world because, <laughs> like, if you criticize someone, you hate him. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he – He's never shown me that he's gonna grind it out and get gritty in in the you know in a puck battle along the boards. And he can't move the, him and Jalen Brown should never have the pucker ball in their hands, they should never be moving it up the corner, up the ice. And those two guys are the exact fucking same. You know, t- hey. turnovers can be a big
2: problem for this team too at the beginning of the year with that depleted defensive unit as well.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, we're, the thing is too. So in the beginning of the year, I think, you know, I think we're going to see more. I think Zaboral is going to be in the lineup regularly. I could be wrong about that. It's just me speculating, but I think we're going to see a lot of him in the beginning of the year. And, you know, hopefully he stacks up to the competition and he's able to hold his own, which I think he will be able to but the beginning of the year is going to be huge for him as an individual. It's going to be this, the the first month to a month and a half for Jacob of Borle is going to be, there's going to be a lot of focus on him and it's going to, this is kind of his year to break out. And if he doesn't break out this year, I don't really know what the future could hold for him. I don't know. Uh, they're not going to send him down, but they might look to move him, I guess. Um, because honestly and they'll probably never move to Brusque just because of the, the fact that you said earlier Mel like you know if you have nobody from that 2015 draft left on this team you're it does not look good for anybody so they're 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 going to hold on to, to Brusque for as long as possible I think unless they can get a really good deal but um yeah I mean the only person that I would maybe in the beginning of the year when Marshawn is hurt you maybe we see Taylor Hall on that first line with Bergeron and DeBrusque, and then you see Zaka, Krejci, and Pasternak as like that check that check line, which I would love honestly. That would be an exciting line too, just yeah. just because of like that chemistry that, uh, the chemistry potential that could be there, like that could be sick.
2: You know, I think out of who do you think has the shortest leash? I guess out of the top six, obviously not Bergeron, obviously not Martian or Pasta. Do you think it's it's probably Debrusque, right? Yeah. So yeah. I wonder I, I wonder, you know, at what point say they get to I don't know, the forty game mark halfway through the season, he's not performing well. I wonder if they if they swap him up and bump Zach up to that first line. That could be exciting to see as well.
0: I would think so. Cause if he's at that point, if he's not um producing at a level that we expect somebody to, you know, be producing when they play with Two guys like Bergeron and Marchand. If he's not producing at maybe you know a point every other night, something like that, maybe a little less, but right around that mark. If he's not at that level, you gotta at least try it. You and and Zaka is that guy that I think you would you would bump up, or maybe you know maybe you stick with the check line and then you bring just bring Pashurak back to the first, and then you just slide debrusque down to the third and then and then that answers a lot of our questions it's like okay you had the chance you didn't produce this is yeah. where you belong now like this is yeah. your spot
2: and for de he's extremely capable i mean he had what 27 goals his rookie year i mean he he should be a, a 30 plus guy in his sleep then they have because, 23 last year too so like he's getting it, yeah it. he is all the tools and like zach said he's playing with a hundred point 100 point scorer on his wing he's got you know a good playmaking two-way center in the middle and this is the best line he's ever played on and i wonder if because of that he's gonna have a short leash because they have another guy who can take that spot they could put zock on the first line and see what he can do they're both first round draft picks from the same draft try them out you know but but i feel like like i feel like for for the sake i feel like um I feel like the narrative any is other like, tra- oh, like, like...
1: any other busts out of that draft we could we could grab and put on the other wing yeah <laughs> like, I feel like the fucking, narrative let's roll it out baby <laughs> <laughs> I
2: feel like the narrative for DeBrusk is that like you know this is the year he's he's gonna be good like it's it's gonna come together this year because he's on the best line he's been with and he's gonna get top six minutes he's gonna be a staple he's gonna have some something steady career-wise but on the flip side of that, this could be his biggest test. This is the best chance yes. that he's ever had to perform. And how long of a leash is he going to have before they pull it? And they might bump him down to the third line. So I don't know. Just the thought.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact that they brought in Zaka is probably adding a little more pressure to, to to brusque too. It's like, okay, like they have this guy that they can slide in instead of me. Like I have to work. I have to perform.
1: I don't think Zaka is bringing any fucking pressure, dude.
0: You don't think so?
1: Name me one thing Zaka's done in his career. At least Dabrowski has a couple 20-goal seasons. Yeah,
0: well, I don't know. He played on New Jersey. That's not fair.
1: I don't give a shit where he played, dude. I I put it like this, dude. He is... He's closer to, like, a Seneshin than he is to a Dabrowski, in my opinion.
0: No. Dude, Seneshin played, like, three games.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like... Again, you all know the only reason why this guy played games is because he was on the Devils. Like, it, it, again, and I'm just going off of stats. I'm just going off of pa- stats. Pablo Zaka stats. has
2: three more career points than Debrusk does. No way. He does. He has 179 career points. Debrusque has 176.
1: I I thought we talked about you know, that. Zaka's Like. <laughs> And he's played seven Maybe I'm games. confused with someone else because I thought Wait, we were no, talking hasn't. about this guy like he only had fucking like eleven points a season.
0: No, 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 no. No, no, no. He, no, no. He's like no, no. he produced be, he's yeah.
1: Yeah, to be fair, he's played, he's a
0: quality he, guy.
2: Zaka's really? played about 50, 50 more games than
1: the brusque, but he does uh, have-, have more points. Just, can you read me a stat line? Because I was thinking this guy was in for like six goals, five assists every season.
0: No, 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 no. no, no. no.
1: He's
2: he's his uh, career high seventeen goals. Uh, he's only played seventy games twice. He looks like a guy who's injured quite a bit. So he he between eight and seventeen goals is where he scores. He's a twenty four to thirty six points a night guy, and he has only once had a positive plus minus. But he I was not the can, I still attribute Worth that to knowing. Jersey. Worth yeah. knowing. Right. So he he's played about 50 more games in the brusque, and he has three more career points.
0: And he has in more skill defense, than JD, too.
1: In my defense, then, the guy that I thought we were getting was closer to Seneshin. The guy that you're telling me that we got <laughs> sounds all right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think he's pressing the Brusk though. I really don't. Really? Kid, I don't know. Like, all right, so you're telling me if this guy is more skilled, right? Even if he's playing with the devils, if he's that skilled, he should be putting up somewhat better numbers. Maybe like he just can't put it together. Like it happens. Like but- you got these guys who are like hit all the like traits, right, and attributes, but can't put it together on the ice. And maybe he's one of those guys. And has at least has been He's actually one of those guys that doesn't have all the traits and attributes. He's pretty, like, one-dimensional, right? Big guy, get in front of the net, kind of just shoot off the rebounds and stuff like that. And he's made it work. But DeBrusque, though, he's played with some
2: incredible teammates. I mean, if DeBrusque is playing in New Jersey for the last six years, do you think oh. he even comes close to the numbers yeah. that he has on the Bruins? Zach, he, he would be been... getting more no, shots. No, no, no.
0: Debrusque would have been the guy that you thought Zaka was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. This Debrusque
1: guy from New Jersey. Yeah. Fucking cut him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is why I'm saying this season, this season's different because it's going to be interesting. Like, we don't really know what's going to work. We have a new coach. We have Zaka. Marshawn, McAvoy, Grizzly are all hurt. They're, you know, they're gone for a month and a half. So what's going to work? What are we going to tinker with? What's What are we going to do to kind of see what works, see what doesn't? Uh, what's going to surprise us? What's, you know, either good or bad? Like, this season has a I lot of a unknowns theory, coming.
1: I have a theory that you're going to see guys like Hall and Pasta, maybe even Bergeron. Empty a lot of their tank in the first 40 games to keep the season afloat. And you're going to be like, wow, they're having unreal seasons. And you're going to think that they're going to have, you know, top 25 seasons in the league. And then as these guys start coming back and getting healthy, like they're going to fall off of it because they don't, one, they don't have to carry the team anymore. And I think they're not going to have the energy to after they've done it for the first 40 games.
0: That's, you know what? That's a good point. Um, we can keep track of that, see if uh their point production. The guys you just named, if their point production is uh, more. Especially um,
1: since they get to do it in the beginning of the season off fresh legs and stuff. Right. Because they're going to have to do it. It's not like you get to like, uh, you know, because at our peak, we are finishing either with a third seed in our division or a wild card at our peak. I agree like we're, we're not we're not a team that's going to be finishing one and like oh no. okay now we have to buy 40 games and maybe we'll finish three or in the wild card and then anything happens once we get in it's like no we have to be like from beginning to end performing and with these guys being able to come fresh off in an off season and know what they're getting into you know 40 games probably something along those lines a big chunk of games in general without you know maybe three of your six best players uh yeah you're gonna you're gonna see them i think really show up and perform especially a guy like bergeron knowing it's his last year yeah and then Yeah. yeah they might be just be gassed and the other guys might have to do the same thing going into the playoffs. The guys that come back might have to put their forty games in balls to the walls.
0: Right, and you can rely on that because the guy—I mean, two guys that are coming back are McAvoy and Marshawn. You know they're going to come back, and you know they're going to be ready to go. I mean, think about that too. Like they're coming, they're coming, they're going to be coming in with maybe like sixty to fifty-five games left in the season, and they're they're going to have fresh legs. They're going to have all the energy too. They've been resting, they've been rehabbing um obviously you know it depends on their recovery but
1: i mean yeah so they come back and let's say they miss 20 games 25 games they're going to come back it's probably going to take them 10 games or so to get their uh you know their legs going again so it's going to probably be like a 40 game thing where you need these other guys to pick up the weight yeah maybe maybe that's where zaka shows up maybe zaki comes in and he yes he gets to play this big role where for 40 games Like, there's lots of athletes out there that, like, can show you bursts and show you short, small sample sizes of being an elite player where they can't put the whole season together, whether it's for focus or, you know, energy or whatever you want to call it. But it it happens all the time. Like, maybe Zaka is one of those guys where he can find it and he can really just, you know, back against the wall, show up, play at an elite level or – not even an elite level, like a plus type of player. And, you know, once these guys get back, maybe he dials it back a little bit.
0: Yeah, because you know, I mean, they're going to be relied on pretty heavily, guys like Jake DeBrusque, guys like Pavel Zaka, Taylor Hall even, Um, Craig Smith, if he doesn't get dealt. Um, Defensively, you're going to be looking at guy, especially a guy like Hampus Lindholm, you're going to be looking at him, him to really carry the load defensively until McAvoy comes back. Um, you're looking at guys like Brandon Carlo. He needs to be better. Um, not even offensively. Because Brandon Carlo's is not really like you, you don't have to rely on Brandon Carlo for offense, but he needs to be more sound defensively because sometimes he gets skated by. He looks a little lazy and it's frustrating, too, because he's I think huge. I've
1: said enough to Brandon Carlo to know that he's just not that guy.
0: He He's the most frustrating thing about him is I'm pretty sure he's like six foot five. Like he's he's a big guy and he doesn't play like it. And it that's some that's i wouldn't say aggravating but it's definitely frustrating at moments because there's times where he just kind of gets walked and it's like dude just put your body in front of him see what happens even if you get wrecked just slow him down you're a, you're a massive human being just get in the remember,
2: way i remember the same thing was said when dougie hamilton was here guy was like six six he won whatever award named the best skater in the CHO, wherever he was playing before he was drafted by boston Best skater on the ice. Every night he's out there. Would not hit a fly, like he's letting guys dog walk him because he just refute. It's just poke checking. When you're that size, when you're six six or whatever in Hamilton's case, six five, six four in Carlos's case, you should be laying people out. It, should, it yeah. shouldn't be that hard to do it, especially when you're a defenseman. That's one of the parts of the job. It's on the resume. In front of the net in the corners, you gotta throw your body around, and you have a bigger body than. Probably eighty-five percent of the other team's locker room. So use it, and it's so frustrating when you have a guy like Charlie McAvoy who's six-one and he is just laying yes. people out at the blue line, and then you have you know Brandon Carlo over there six-four who's poke check in and lifting sticks. Just puts a, put a body on a guy. Damn it! It's so frustrating.
0: Yeah, and hopefully we see more of that out of Carlo this season. But um, yeah. Uh... So, I know we did this one thing, this one segment in uh, our first couple episodes where we did the Bruins all-time draft. So, just to take up a little bit of time here and uh, make things a little interesting, we're going to draft a starting lineup of most hated players. So, (laughs) we'll see who has the most hated team. Like, whose team, you look at it on paper and you're just like, oh, I would hate to play against this line. (laughs) Like... So I already did the. Uh, we'll do the same thing. We'll do a snake draft. I already, I already um, drew up the draft, and it goes: Mel gets the first pick, Zach gets the second pick, and I got the third pick again. So
2: <laughs> no, I had the that. third
0: pick last time. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, then there we go. Yeah, I, you jumped to one. I bounced all down right. to
2: three. I'm pumped because I was hoping to take this guy. He's he's ended. More I know who you're going with. Yeah, he's ended more <laughs> careers, and he's probably scored goals. And I am taking Matt Cook first overall. Yeah,
0: that's a good. Biggest
2: douchebag to ever play the game of hockey. Literally, the amount of you... players that he's in, not just injured careers he's ended. Is, Dude, it's, he had no purpose out there other than going out there and injuring people.
0: Total Dude, plug. I mean, Zach mentioned Eric Carlson earlier. Like, the thing that the the instant the instance that really. Uh, hurt Eric Carlson's career was there. There was a board battle, not even a board battle. The, uh, Carlson was just trying to clear the puck out of the zone, and Matt Cook comes up out of nowhere, as he usually does. And he just like, like literally, criminally, like slices his calf like wide open with his He's skate, on, clearly clear, on purpose.
2: He very clear stomp on his Achilles, yes. He, and he ended Mark Savard's career. Did was he yep. not the one that blew up Marion Hossa and knocked him out? Was. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was Matt Cook, and that's just three off the top of the head. You know there's a lot more players out here. Way more. Hit from behind, elbowed, cheap shot, career ending. I mean, if if you want somebody on your team to go out there and just be a <laughs> scum of the earth dirt bag, it's Matt Cook. Very Dude, worthy of the first overall. Uh,
0: if you, like, YouTubed him right now and you just searched up, like, Matt Cook highlights, he wouldn't have any, like, highlights of, like, skill or anything. It would literally just be him – It's a montage of
2: career-ending highlights. That's (laughs) his highlight reel. (laughs) Literally. That's on on his huddle. Cheap hits (laughs) and and elbows.
0: (laughs) All right, so Mel has Cook. Zach, you have the second pick.
1: I'm going with a guy that just made you hold your breath every time they touch the puck.
0: I hope you don't take who I'm going to take.
1: I'm taking who you're taking. And he's just kind of a cunty little guy
0: pk suban oh okay okay <laughs> that's a good pick actually because i had him written down for my defensive guy or one of them all right that's just like yeah dude, he's uh, just there haven't been too many team. other guys in been... boston who have been hated as much as pk suban yeah
1: he's just on a, like a whiny he was on a whiny rival of ours in the playoffs like i don't know like maybe maybe we guys we're drafting in different uh no i guess no because mel's pick is kind of right on par it's just like who is a guy that you just think is a low character dude? or I don't know. Cause he's not low character. Who's the guy on the ice that really just pissed you off every time yeah. that you <laughs> played against them? And the thing but about PK
0: too is Matt that, like, Cook's
1: a low character guy. He yeah. yeah. Low character guy.
0: But the thing about PK that like, cause I know what you're saying, Zach, like not necessarily dirty, but somebody who just like, just everything he did just piss you off. And it's. The fact that, like, when he was in Montreal, like, he was nasty. And he was just so full of himself. And hate- I think he hated us as much as we hated him. And it, it showed on the ice. And every time he did something good, he would just let it all out. And we would all just be like, oh, fuck. I, Like, yeah. why did it have to be him? Like, why did it have to be him?
2: I will never forget that hit he had on Brad Marchand when he was skating yeah. backwards. It hit him with his ass at the blue line. <laughs> I- like you witnessed the murder. I thought I that thought, was the yeah. end of Grand Marshawn.
0: Dude, I thought Marshawn broke all of his, his entire ribs. body. Literally, yeah. I <laughs> thought he was like I he thought died. he was gonna be out yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. But although I right. did
2: used to love, I used to love the Suban and Marshawn fights where they would they would yes. like, they would be like you know, like bickering and yelling at each other, they get a you know a matching penalty, go to the box as soon as the doors open, both of them step out like they're in WWE, take their gloves off roll yes. their helmets on the ice and just start fighting. Well, that was awesome.
0: You, the funny thing about that too is that PK and Marshawn played on the same CHL team in juniors. <laughs> yeah, so they I were think teammates. It was,
2: it was part of the act though because Marshawn is far and away the most hated guy in Montreal and Suban was far and away oh. the most hated guy in Boston. Yeah. I think they, they, it had to be done. They, they yeah. got to sell tickets somehow. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. All
0: right, so Zach took PK. So, all right. I'm gonna go with a guy who not only Bruins fans hate, but I'm pretty sure like the whole NHL hates, and that's Mr. Sean Avery. I oh. uh,
1: I, was, <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't want Sean Avery just because I was like, as a Bruin, like I can't, like I don't have a Sean Avery moment. Like
0: there's not, there's not. A I, Sean do. Avery I do, I do. With Marty was- moment? No, no, no. I have a Sean Avery moment against the Bruins. All right. Oh. Do you not remember? It was in a TV timeout, and Tim Thomas is kneeling down. He's on one leg. And Sean Avery comes by, skating around. It's the most obvious thing in the entire world. He's, he's like, looking around up in the stands. It sticks out like this. And he's just looking around. And he goes behind Thomas, and he, like, hits him in the back of his head with his stick, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I am sorry i mean to. See, yeah, and I think then, that's
1: I, funny. I kind of fuck with that. Then,
0: no, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, like, if he was on the Bruins, I would have thought that was hilarious, but, like, just, he's not, so I hated it. But I, I don't remember, I, I Thomas charged him after that and, like, punched him in the back of the head, and then it started this whole brawl in a TV timeout that they ended oh, up showing yeah. after the commercial ended. So there was I that.
2: Always, I always, like... I kind of like Sean Avery. I, one of my favorite NHL moments ever because he's just so, like, you don't see NHL players like that. He's a loose cannon. He's he's one of, he's the only one who'll do that. Like, when I'll never forget the highlight of, if you search Sean Avery on YouTube, it will be the first video to come up every single time when he was screening. Martin Brodeur, <laughs> and instead of like you screen a goalie in hockey, you know, you're looking for the puck, you're getting his way. This dude turned around and faced him, and he's just <laughs> waving his hands in front of his face <laughs> so he couldn't see the puck. And then the NHL had to go and change the rule after that. That he couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, they made Sean it the A-Z. Sean Avery rule.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For I do remember alone, that. That's so funny.
2: Legendary
1: status for me. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, since we're doing snake, I got the second pick. Um
1: do not take who i want oh man i have it i know who i want and if you take i have a I've, i mean i have a couple have like, guys
0: here who i could pick from i'm I just trying like to see who
1: are good ones lined up ready to go but there's a guy i really want to grab all right
0: you know what i'm gonna take another forward i'm gonna take alex burrows uh, oh he was on my list but that's not who i wanted that's a good one
1: <laughs> he is a good one he's just a prick dude whatever uh, yeah i mean we know why yeah i mean
0: you can't bite people because
1: it's not like we have a long-standing history of playing them a bunch of times but the one big moment was the fucking biting like yeah cowardly shit
0: yeah but you know what the best part about that was the funniest part about that whole situation and it was so immediate too is Lucic in a horton every time there'd be a little scrum they would just shove their fingers in burrow's mouth and yeah. like the camera crew would always zoom in on it and they would get me so fired up i'd be like oh this is the best this is so funny because you knew they took it so personal especially against a guy like bergeron like you like dude you that is you that's the worst thing you could cross the moment. line <laughs> yeah yeah
2: If it was anybody else, okay. But not not our St. Patrice.
0: Yeah, you can't bite Bergeron. You bit Bergeron. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zach, uh,
1: let's go with your pick now. There's guys that I want to take over him because of a more longstanding or even a more personal. There's some guys with more of a longstanding history of being a hated rival. And there's guys who... As a rival, have been a little bit more personal, but I think I need to take this guy. <laughs> Who is this? Tom Wilson. Okay. I actually uh, had and, him on my list. And yeah. he's a guy that I would love to have. Love. If Absolutely you told me love. That we traded Jake DeBrusque and like maybe our third or fourth best prospect for Tom Wilson. I would be. Actually, right, you know what? We probably have to trade our first best prospect because that's every other system's 10th best, pros- <laughs> best prospect. I'd still be so excited. You know who Tom Wilson is? Tom Wilson is Luchich. who we thought Lucic was going to turn into. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a new age Lucic. No, He's he, Lucic did what Wilson did, but Lucic only did it for like a season or two. Wilson's done it for like four straight years. He's pretty much like a 25-25 kind of guy. And yeah. will beat the fucking bag out of anybody. Like honestly, if he didn't have so many penalty minutes, he probably could be like a thirty and forty kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Just the way he plays, like he's
1: missing like a game. He's missing like <laughs> his normal penalty minutes is like ninety six penalty minutes. He's I mean, like miss it. He's missing like basically a game more, or two, two or three games more than anyone else in the league every single <laughs> year, just in in the box.
0: I mean, he's and he's good for at least one suspension a year two.
1: Yeah, and he's still putting up those numbers. Like, he is someone I would love to have on this team. But you go and play against him, you know your players are legitimately in danger. Yeah, Do you last no, like year
0: actually, when, no, no, they're like the
2: actually that statement. When the Rangers brought that statement and they're like, We can't believe that Tom Wilson hasn't been, we are disheartened hearing that yeah. Tom Wilson hasn't yeah, been suspended it's... for longer. What yeah. other player makes he's a team do wife?
0: that? Ex- like, yeah, exactly. No, literally. Yeah, I'd love it's to like have Tom like Wilson on the Bruins.
1: He needed to be suspended longer. Like, what, was it, like, <laughs> what are we telling the children? <laughs> so, no, he's right. just a fucking tough son of a bitch. All
0: right, Mel. Uh... You're up. All right.
2: Well, I was trying to think of a goalie because there's, there's, I can't really think of any goalie that I hate. I mean, I um, think I know who
0: you're going to take. And then I thought of one.
2: And, and the guy had one good year in his career and it just so happened to be the year that they faced the Bruins in the Stanley cup. He's got a bit of an annoying face. I'm not going to lie. And he's just kind of a baby. He whines a lot. He that whole thing in the playoffs when he just randomly threw a water ball at Nazem Kadri when he was <laughs> when he was doing an interview. What the hell was that about? He's just my my hate for Jordan Bennington more so comes from like this is the guy who was the best goalie in the world. The only moment that the Bruins didn't need him to be, and now that he got that cup and the Bruins aren't even in in fighting distance to a top spot in the East, he's like, all right, now I'll just suck again. <laughs> and it's incredibly frustrating, and it I, 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 can't stand. Going I can't believe I forgot about
1: it. Yeah, well, I figured it's a good goalie. I can't think of any it other goalies goalie to hate. take,
2: so I figured I got to take him early.
0: Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, you got two in a row.
2: All right. All right. My next one is a defenseman. Um, he was really good when he was on Calgary. And then he was he was so oh. god-awful with his contract in Toronto that he sparked a traffic cone meme. So I'm <laughs> taking Dion Phaneuf. That's
0: I a great pick. Damn
2: that guy. He's got an annoying face. He was so intense for literally yeah. no reason. No reason whatsoever. If you ever played those NHL video games, he sucked. He was horrible. His only purpose out there was to lay dirty hits towards the end of his career. He was amazing when he was in Calgary. But pretty yeah. much as soon as, like, the second half of his career in Toronto, he was nothing but a guy who was eating up some big salary money and was just out there to get dirty hits. And I yeah. could not stand Dion Fun the end of his career.
0: He was just so – he had, like, a – um, what's the word? He had, like, an aura around him of just, like, yeah. annoyance. Just,
2: like uh, – just like, just, he's just a tool. Like, he just, yeah, yeah, that's I, actually a I don't know word. him personally. He just looks and plays and just feels like a tool. Yeah, like I don't know, means, and, and he plays for Toronto. He's making yeah. big money. He's a defenseman. Just he he was a captain. Like yeah. just, just, a, just a tool. Like I don't know. I I never was a fan of Dion Phaneuf.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good pick. Actually, damn, I wish I thought of him. All right, Zach.
1: sydney Crosby.
0: What, <laughs> dude? Here's...
1: For what reasons? He just whines. Like, all right, cool, okay. All okay. right, so you guys might be like fans of the game. I'm less of a fan of the game and more of a fan of the Bruins. Like, yeah, love playing like NHL video games. Love catching some maybe like good rivalry like NHL. Uh, you know, Wednesday night games and obviously like hockey playoffs. i watch, but like as far as like being a fan of the game, Sidney Crosby doesn't get enough merit out of that for me like sure he might be like on like a top 10 player of all time level but dude in all the playoff series that we've played with this guy he is just always whining and bitching he's like the lebron of hockey i was literally gonna
0: wait for you to stop talking and be like would you call him a lebron of hockey
1: yeah he's just like if it's not going his way and he's not able to be the best player on the ice it's not because the other team's better than him it's because he's not getting the calls and like it honestly it's not like pittsburgh was ever really a threat to us like it it, we we might have ran into them once or twice 20 yeah
0: 2013 when we swept them they they won the president's cup that was crazy
1: Like, I can't – and I could be wrong. I also thought Zach only got 11 points a season. (laughs) But
0: Pittsburgh never has bounced us out of
1: the playoffs, right? And if they did, it was – I think vaguely I might remember one time they did and it was in a competitive series, unless I'm confusing that with another team. Like, they've never embarrassed us. No, never. Pittsburgh? So, it's like – yeah, it's not like – it's not like I even ever have to worry about Crosby bettering us. It's just like while we're playing, it's just like, I hate guys that just can't tip their cap and say, yeah, you know what, well, that team just, we were outmatched. They 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 figured me out. I got to figure something out to get, like I've never seen Sidney Crosby get humbled and be like, yeah, you know what, those guys, they're really playing me well. I have to figure out how to be a better player. Like I always feel like with him, it's just like, well, I mean, the refs aren't giving me the calls right now.
0: Yeah. No, he does. I mean, there's those memes that go around all the time, "Crybaby Crosby," like yeah, yeah, like he, he you know, he's known as the whiner in the league. He's funny, good, but still,
2: it's funny too because I I don't think I've ever seen two 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 team. Oh my god, two Wait, teammates. Time out, time out. I need to go back on something I just two said. Teams. I just
0: said obviously I said Crosby's good. Like yeah, no shit. Obviously Crosby's good. One of the greatest <laughs> ever. No,
2: <laughs> yeah. no, no. I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen two two. Oh my God, I didn't get it. Again. You didn't even two, get it. <laughs> Two teammates with such opposite levels of, of I guess, affection from like fans. Cause I can't think, do you guys hate Malkin? I've never met anybody who does not like Evgeny Malkin. No, I think I Malkin's like Malkin. a
1: pretty cool dude. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's cool. I don't like Honestly, Crosby because I think he's a I know a we hate Russia. Russia. There's um, a lot no. of Russians in this league I fuck with. Malkin. <laughs> i like, dude, yeah. Kaprizov. Like, yeah, you guys are cool dudes. Like, hey, man, if you want to invade Ukraine, you invade Ukraine. You just keep coming here and slapping that puck around and drinking handles of vodka because you are a fucking good time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I knew something was coming. This yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, geez.
0: Um, All right, it's my pick, right? I'm going to go. Uh, oof. I have one spot left for the forward group. 2 on defense. I still didn't take my goal yet. I'm going to finish my forwards. And I know this guy played for the Bruins for like one season. I swear
1: to God, if you're taking him, I'm going to fucking take, I will stab the fuck out of you. <laughs> I should have left Crosby on the board because I know who you're going with. I right, just take him.
0: I'm taking Zach Ronaldo.
2: Oh, that's oh, not that's I what I need. Oh, no. Zach
0: Ronaldo is a piece of shit. He was like, he was like the Walmart version of Matt Cook.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, and the Bruins him thinking to that he could be the Walmart version of uh, of Tom Wilson. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did, the Bruins didn't the Bruins give up like a third for him?
0: Yes. Dude, the, yes. the way the Bruins
1: tried to acquire this guy, they thought he was gonna come in here and be a twenty goal scorer. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Flyers were planning on cutting him a few weeks later. And then the they Bruins the Flyers like, oh, soon they're like, holy shit, dude. It's this Sweeney, <laughs> yeah. guy. And and this Sweeney,
2: Sweeney guy. guy. <laughs> as soon as they saw Sweeney's name on the phone, they were probably all jumping up and down.
0: You know, they were probably like, hey, let's cut Ronaldo, but before we do it, let's give old Donnie boy a phone call real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Donnie, we got a couple of offers on Ronaldo. <laughs> okay, they, yeah, they probably, Montreal's offering a fourth. Right, I, third. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the Flyers probably asked for a fourth
2: and Sweeney offered a, fit, a third.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go Zach Ronaldo, And then, so I got back-to-back. I'm going to go defense. I'm going to go Scott Stevens. Mm. Yeah. Good pick. If he played in today's age and he played the same way, he would have been suspended like 20 games a season. Like, easily. <laughs> All right, so Stevens, and now
1: it's mine.
0: Yeah, it goes Zach, and then you uh, for two.
1: I am going to round out my forwards. There's a lot of guys left on the board. I think we're going to need to do a couple rounds. I was going to say, I
0: still have plenty of guys left.
1: (laughs) I, I have plenty of guys, too, but Phil Kessel.
0: I think he's one of the most lovable players in NHL history
1: no no if I wasn't a Bruins fan I would say yeah but the whole reason why the Bruins moved on from him was because he was the same exact guy he has always been right like this fat lazy bum that like was, was not like the talent that he has and in the position the Bruins were they didn't match up with the leadership you needed like, he, you needed more of a leadership role out of this guy because, I mean, him and Bergeron and Crouchy and all those guys that were in the system were around the same age, but, like, what's the outlier there between those three guys, right? Uh And so, yeah, he's just, like, this kind of fat, lazy slob with this punchable <laughs> face. And, he, yeah, sure, he's always been putting up points, which is also another reason why I hate him because, like, he would burn you when he was on Toronto, and he did Win a few cups over in Pittsburgh and was a really good team out in Pittsburgh. Like,
0: okay, so you're, reason, you're kind of like you're talking like from a Bruins fan's perspective almost. That's
1: yeah, like the, okay, the reason, okay, because like, and the only reason he could win in Pittsburgh was because there was an established, um, there's an established like standard in that Pittsburgh locker room set by guys like Latang, Crosby, and Malkin. So when he got in there, he had to get in line, which is why he was able to find success win the cup because the talent is there. I'm not saying the talent's not there, but it burns you as a fucking uh, Bruins fan. And I know we talked about it. We got a pretty decent return on the trade for him. But, like, he – if he could have been a guy that actually cared about winning and cared about, you know, showing some pride in, the, in his craft – we probably would have kept on, held on to him. Maybe been a little bit better. Like I know we got some good pieces, but I don't think they ever equated what Phil Kessel was. And, and we got then Sagan. You know, we did get Sagan, but we like do you. At we the also traded him we, off. Yeah, I was hey, gonna Hamilton. say at the time, yeah. at the time that we won the cup, who was a better player, Phil Kessel or Tyler Sagan? I think it was Phil well, Kessel.
0: I mean, hey, hey, either way we won the cup without him no no again it
1: worked (laughs) out i'm just saying like don't you think that maybe if you had phil kessel you don't get knocked out 3-0 by the flyers the year before you win the cup and right because weren't we up 3-0 and then they came back and stormed back and beat us because we were holding on to like some like again it it comes down to tyler sagan's a much better player than phil kessel over the course of their career in my opinion but When we won the cup, Phil Kessel was a better player in that year than Tyler Sagan. So don't tell me that Tyler Sagan over Phil Kessel is why we won the cup when it comes to a talent perspective. It's just like he clearly was kind of a cancerous guy and he needed to be. He's like a Kevin Durant. Like you can't make him the guy, you can't let him set the culture of the team. So you had to ship him off to Toronto. And then in Toronto, he played really well. I'm sure if you look back on it, you can find me games that we lost against Toronto because of Phil Kessel. And then. And then, yeah, he goes over and he finds success in uh, Pittsburgh. So, clearly, there was, like – there was enough out of the guy to be good enough to win cups because you have just fucking had the, like, uh motivation and the work ethic to be a guy that could have been a cornerstone here with uh, Bergeron, with Chara, with um, Krejci. No, you couldn't have been. So, they shipped him off before he, you know, held you back.
0: It's funny, but, too, because uh... – I'm I'm 99% sure that in that series against Toronto in 2013 he scored that fourth goal that like pretty much everybody thought just cemented that game and just iced it but so if I mean if we did end up losing that game that probably would have been a storyline that we still talk about today but since we won no one talks about it like but Phil Kessel did bury that fourth goal that Toronto got and Seemingly, put us to sleep, but obviously didn't. Um, all right, so Zach just took Kessel. So Zach's forward line is Kessel, Crosby, and Wilson. A um, couple, a couple Penguins on there. A couple of Penguins. On couple of penguins. Yes, 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 <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I mean, that's a good line just in general, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, Mel, you can take. Uh, you got back to backs here.
2: Yeah, listen, <clears throat> Kessel might have a punchable face. And uh, whoever else drafted might be a piece of shit. But <laughs> have they ever been charged for criminal justice? Wait. <laughs> have they ever been charged <laughs> by assault? Have they ever been charged with assault causing bodily injury by the criminal justice branch of British Columbia for just punching a guy in the back of the head in the middle of the no. ice? Because Todd Bertuzzi has. And he's no, he was not. Yeah, you haven't seen that? No. He was in when he was in uh let's see, when he was in Vancouver against Colorado, he punched Marcus Naslin right in the back of the head. And and I believe when he fell, he cracked his skull open on the ice, ended his career immediately. And it was I don't remember the context of the game. It was like back in like 04 or some shit. But something happened and Todd Bertuzzi just went out there and he was going for this guy and he was just kind of skating around the ice, pacing around, waiting for his moment, and then he couldn't get him. So finally, when the guy Maslin started skating away, he just came up behind him and just, just punched him right in the back of the head. And he went immediately, was knocked out, went right down, cracked his skull open, blood on the ice. Uh, and Bertuzzi ended up, I believe he was just, oh, uh, let's see. Uh, wait, was it Maslin? Well,
0: regardless of no, when it you was,
2: when It you... was not Maslin, it was more. No, but the guy that he punched ended up fracturing his vertebrae and his neck, had a grade three concussion. Vertebral ligament damaged, stretching of the brachial plexus nerves and facial lacerations. He uh pretty much ended his career. Bertuzzi, I believe, was suspended for the year. The Canucks were fined 250 grand, and Bertuzzi oh was charged God. with assault causing bodily injury by the criminal justice branch of British Columbia. Oh Talk about God. a piece of shit. Well, I want that started... guy as my right wing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when you were saying uh had he ever been charged with assault? I thought you were gonna go with uh, Char because of the patch or anything when when they tried oh, to charge yeah. him with assault.
2: I could never. I love Char.
0: Yeah. All right. So you got back to backs.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. My next pick. This is just, um, you know, every now and then you come across a player who you just hate, right? Yeah. I uh, probably my most hated athlete ever is AJ Persinsky. I when when he was a pitcher on the Sox. Could not stand that guy. No effort whatsoever. Yeah, he's a soft. close second is freaking Dennis Wideman. I could That's not good. That's a stand good. him when he was on the Bruins. He had like one good year in Boston and then just sucked ass. Like he was horrible. And they got him when he was young. He was like 23, 24. He was supposed to be like a top two, top four pairing. He was a good young defenseman. And he just sucked. And the minute the Bruins got rid of him, he was good again. Although I will say for Wyman, he has pro- also Wyman was one of the only players I've ever seen to just punch a referee for yeah. no reason whatsoever. But he does have that funny clip when he was in Calgary and he was trying to start a fight, <laughs> and he like he like skated over to the bench and just like toe picked, and it was like <laughs> just yard sale. Like nobody was within ten feet of the guy, and his whole body like contorted. It was the most embarrassing fall I've ever seen. I don't even know it was possible. It was because this dude was trying to start a fight. I could never stand Dennis Weidman.
0: Dude, you know what's so funny? When you said when he he toe-picked, I thought you were going to talk about when he took the shootout. With a shootout goal, <laughs> yeah. do, you re- do you remember that too? And he just <laughs> yeah, totally looked like a baby. It's like,
2: like dude, it's like man. someone shot him.
0: Like someone shot yeah. his skates out from under him because he just flew up out of
2: na- like nothing. His his stick was too heavy for him or something. I'm watching.
0: I'm actually watching it right now on YouTube. It's the, one of the funniest things I've
2: ever seen in my life. Like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> have you seen the one? The one I was talking about when he tries to start the fight?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was hilarious dude but i because I, I wasn't sure if he was the one that took the shootout goal but i was like pretty sure and I, it's funnier every time you watch it he yeah. literally just he literally just comes down the ice makes a move and then he just goes yeah.
2: flying <laughs> he, he got up too he was like three he went so up high there.
0: up dude he was like over the crossbar <laughs> <spot. laughs> could you
2: imagine doing that Wait, Zach, have like, you ever it. seen this video before
0: no, I so just sent it, it. I just sent it in our group oh chat. God. Just watch hey, it really you quick. Can,
2: you can. uh
0: No, but like imagine, imagine that you there's two people on the ice in front of like twenty thousand people, and you go down just you go down on your knees, <laughs> <I'm a> <laughs> <laughs> and you just completely wipe out. <laughs> he had the goal ready to go too. I, I know. The he made, that's the thing. He made, like if he just stayed on his feet, he would have scored. But no, instead, it's a viral clip that just has him <laughs> flying just flying in the like, middle of the he's air, on his back. <laughs> yeah, when he's just sliding into the boards. <laughs> oh my god, so it's so funny! <laughs> all right, um, all right, Zach, let's go with you now. Your turn. You got one defenseman and a goalie.
1: I hate this guy just purely off talent i actually think he's a pretty cool dude and i would like to have him on a team and i i like actually like him as a player but i hated playing against him and i'll tell you the name because if i tell you one of the bigger reasons you'll pick it up right away <laughs> eric carlson really because they like about
0: this is like better than your Bruins all-time draft like skill wise.
1: Even your
2: bad for this one.
0: <laughs> Eric Carlson
1: single-handedly pretty much crushed our hopes and dreams that first season Cassidy came in the middle of the year. Yeah. He they played a 1-3-1 and you couldn't get by Carlson. And Carlson generated so much offense from back there by himself. Uh it just led you to having no answers, and as just an opponent, you knew he was going to get the better of you every time he played, because especially during his peak was probably during one of our lower uh, times as a, a Bruin uh, um, organization. Like It was probably like three years of the worst Bruins play that you saw for a while, and it was also three years at his peak, and he'd just you know, come into the guard, and you'd see him in playoff series, and he'd just fuck you up.
0: Yeah. Especially in our lifetime, like, that's... We've been lucky enough to witness, like, some pretty good teams here over the years. But those, like, three... That three, four-year stretch where we were kind of trend water. I mean, I know they were... In like, the 90s, especially. We were we were almost comparable to, like, the Coyotes at one point. Like, we're pretty lucky. But, um, with you taking Carlson, that brings me up. I'll take my last two picks. I got to go with a defenseman and a goalie. So... I'll take my goalie first, and I have two here, and I might have to go with the second pick. That my have, goalie honestly. is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. It's. Good. I'm gonna go with Roberto Luongo. Oh no, yeah, running. that's a good one. The thing is, the reason that I didn't want to pick him is because he genuinely seems like such a funny dude and like an actual good guy to like kind of hang around with. But just the way that he acted in 2011 and how fun it was as like a fan to just give it to him. Cause whenever he'd come into Boston, he'd let up like six goals. Like, and you knew it was coming too. like, it was, it was almost like easy to rattle his cage and the whole Tim Thomas thing, pumping his tires, like blah, 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 whatever. Like it's easy to kind of piggyback on, you know giving him the business a little bit and it's fun but as a person i think he's a cool dude so i I will give him that and then to finish off my starting lineup i'm gonna take the defenseman and i am gonna have to take chris pronger just because he was such a yeah just because he was such a big physical asshole but almost (laughs) the same as Longo, like Seems like a good dude. Like I would have loved to have him on the Bruins. He was kind of like a Chara before Chara. Like he just giant human being. Giant, you know, giant guy. Um, but made some dirty hits, pissed guys off. Uh through yeah, some I'm elbows. through some yeah, through some elbows. So I'll take Pronger and that'll uh that'll complete my first round of my uh most hated draft. So
1: now yeah. it goes to Zach to
0: take his goalie.
1: As a Bruins fan, strictly as a Bruins fan, the goal that I hate the most as a Bruins fan and, you know, just have a huge disdain for, Tuka Rask.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. That did fucking throw me for a loop. What the hell? All right. Let's hear it. Why? Oh, you're joking? You're
1: not taking Tuka? I can't <laughs> take a guy that's on the Bruins, like... Or, you, uh, like, one of the best goals. I did.
0: Uh,
1: let, 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 no, because uh, right, I'll put it like this. The two good did do a lot for this organization. He kept us very relevant for a very long time. He was a very good goal. If my whole opinion on him, though, is, like, you know, if you want to talk about it as a whole, we already know how I feel about that, so... Uh, but it, it's not enough to make me hate the guy. I just, you know, felt let like down by him a lot. But I, I don't hate the guy. No, the goal <laughs> that I hate, him, and you're going to such a the theme with a lot of my players in my first round. Mark andre Fleury bothered me for some reason. Really? I don't know what it was about him. I think he kind of had that same – I think it honestly – might have just been an organizational thing minus malkin that there was and even malkin was a victim of this i think part of the bruins uh the uh, penguins culture was a lot of bitching and whining and i just don't i don't like care for that shit and i think Florida was also a guy that bitched and whined a lot um so like, like once he left the penguins like he actually became a pretty likable guy over in vegas and i wish him well wherever he is now yeah uh, where's he now he's a yeah, I know he was over on Chicago, right? Is he still there?
0: I want to say yes. I honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and so it was kind of cool to see him resurrect his career out in Vegas, and I feel like the guy changed a little bit. Maybe maybe the guy was the same and the team was different, and since I saw him in a different jersey, I looked at him in a different light. But, yeah, I felt like that Penguins organization, especially during that time of their peak where they were, like ran off three cups, um, he was a whiner, just like Crosby. And maybe, like I said, it's an organizational thing. Uh, maybe that was just how, how they did things over there. So, yeah, Andre Fleury is there. They, do I think he is, like, the most hateable goalie in the NHL? No, I'm sure you could name me off, like, five or six other guys. But uh, just, like, from what I watched, and from my experience, like he was definitely a guy that I would, would in my head or even out loud to the two big Shut the fuck up, dude. Just play the game. <laughs> All
0: right. I mean, hey, I can't argue with your reasoning. You backed it up pretty well, so I can't I can't really argue that. Um so Zach's team is complete. Mel, you have one pick left and it's a forward.
2: I mean a center, right? Yeah. All right. Um I did have one guy in mind, but then I forgot about this total scumbag who plays for Calgary right
1: now, and that's Nazim Kadri. I can't believe he was still Ooh. here. I can't yeah, stand I that. Yeah, I was wondering when someone's going to take him by I just like c- my, foot, my 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 front line too much. to take Khadri. Yeah,
2: no. Honestly, I will say this though. He wrote an article in the player. I think it was in Players Tribune, kind of talking about his whole rise, and he owned up to it. He knows that he's a scumbag, but he kind of like he kind of explains why he plays with that style. And I read that and I was like, damn, like, okay, like, I can kind of see it. But I all, I hated Nassim Kadri when he was on Toronto. He, he was insufferable. St- there was no better feeling than just waiting for him to get suspended for the series and then watching Toronto crumble without him in the lineup. It was like, it was like the best feeling ever because you hate Toronto and you hate Kadri. And now you're watching Toronto lose because Kadri went out of his way to whether it be slash a guy elbow a guy hit a guy from behind and because of that he cost his team and he did that multiple times and it was awesome to see from a Bruins fan but as a fan of hockey it pissed me off to no extent he did the same shit in Colorado it didn't matter what team he played for he was still playing the same way and doing the same dirty shit and it's frustrating because he's such a talented player the guy was like the seventh overall pick he had an amazing season last year he was paid for it he doesn't have to go all out and and take cheap hits or cheap shots and do what he does to get suspended all the time. And because of that, I hate him. And, and I think, I think this list is funny too. Cause I feel like if any other, if a fan of any other team in the NHL did this little exercise of doing, I feel like Brad Marchand would be the first pick for every single team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <he laughs> and I think it's funny. Cause I don't think he's going to get picked by, by any of us. And he
0: <laughs> all right. So now that that's complete, I'll read off the teams really quick. Uh, Zach's team Phil Kessel, Sydney Crosby, Tom Wilson, with defensive PK Subban and Eric Carlson, and a goalie of Marc Andre Fleury. Mel's team Matt Cook, Nazem Kadri, Bertuzzi.
1: A lot of penguins on this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes you wonder, huh? <laughs>
0: Dennis Wideman, Dion Fanouf, and Jordan Bennington. in that, uh, for my team, I have Alex Burrows, Zach Ronaldo. Sean Avery, with defensive Scott Stevens, Chris Pronger, and Roberto Luongo in net. So I actually really like this. We should definitely keep going with this. This is, this is funny. <laughs> no At least until goalies, the season though. starts.
1: Yeah, no more goalies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just I, I have can't one believe you don't like
2: Luongo. I love Luongo.
0: I know. I like Luongo. He's funny, but just, it, I mean. I love him on Twitter. But Yeah, but we can all guarantee in 2011. Like, we I was all did thinking not like him. of
1: taking Corey Crawford just because he won a couple of us. Oh, it I hate him. <laughs> he didn't have a
2: glove and he won a cup. Can't believe it.
0: Those All right, memes so are hilarious. <laughs> let's uh we'll do one more thing before we call it quits for tonight. It'll be quick. Um you know, if you missed last week's episode, we got a DM question um asking us, you know, who on the roster right now would you want to host your bachelor party? Um go back and listen to that right now if you want to hear our answers. Uh, this week though we also have a we actually have another really good question this week. This one comes in from uh actually fellow BNG writer uh at Nathan Anderson. His at is N A T H A N D R S N. Nathan Anderson. He asks <laughs> which bruin do you think would eat the most at a breakfast buffet? So I want to know who – I'll start with – you know what? I'll start with Zach. Zach, who do you think on this roster right now, who do you think would just pig out at a breakfast buffet? Forbert.
1: Forbert! (laughs) (laughs) He just looks like he's like, I'm not playing a lot of minutes this year. I'm burning a lot of calories. I can just stay in fake shape. I'm mad to fucking crush all this bacon and sausage. (laughs)
0: Derek Forbert could (laughs) – oh, my – that's actually such a funny answer, dude. Derek Forbert could crush a breakfast meal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's getting eggs, Benny.
1: He's getting bacon, sausage on the side. Once he wraps that up, he's going with breakfast, dessert, maybe some waffles, maybe some French toast, maybe – and, like, you know that guy's washing it down with whole milk, not even 2%. He (laughs) – He's beefing
0: up. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get those bones strong for shot blocking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick. Who do you think?
2: Um, uh, I, I mean, feel like McElroy, if this... I feel like McAvoy could put some stuff down. McAvoy can he's,
0: eat.
2: He's kind of chubby. I mean, he's he's always chubby. Been so... A little. McAvoy is going to be my trendy. pick, too,
1: but I didn't have a funny spin for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like he's a safe bet. I feel like when they have team dinners, everybody's trying to get in front of him because they want to make sure that there's food left over for him. I feel like McAvoy would be a safe pick. I like Forbert, though, damn it. That's a good yeah, pick. Yeah, Forbert's a really a, good pick. He's kind of a doofus, too. Like, like I figure I'll just sit yeah, down and yeah. just mindlessly just start eating. <laughs> like at least McAvoy would be like, all right, like I gotta, you know, I gotta lock some heavy minutes and I, I should probably not go back for the second helping before a burst like that. you know. Before <laughs> before everybody everybody we eat, dude.
0: everybody have their first play. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I second, seconds, seconds. <laughs> Anyone else want seconds? <laughs> all right. I think honestly. I think I might go with Craig Smith. I feel like Craig Smith could have just housed some food. I'm Plus surprised
1: he- no one's like Foligno.
0: I was gonna, but I he feel like it was like too a obvious
1: secretly fat, fuck.
0: yeah, <laughs> but like with Craig Smith, like I mean he's got that gap in his tooth, and he just seems like a he seems like a guy who like keeps the locker room loose, so he'd definitely like be at breakfast like shoving you know pieces of bacon between his two teeth and like. <laughs> <laughs> reasoning that he can put some food down is because he has a gap between his teeth. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to chew; he could just inhale it if he really wanted oh to. God. Just slip it between the between the gap. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, it's breakfast food. You think about how much food he could fit oh, between those ima- two teeth.
2: Imagine him eating spaghetti.
0: Yeah, you just slurp it like Lady oh, the Tramp. God. <laughs> He's- Yeah, no, but I would go I would go Craig Smith and Sneaky if he was still on the team. Easily uh Nick Ritchie or Brett Richie. Oh Castle, yeah. yeah. Ritchie. No, still the Richie brothers. The, the everybody on the team would be like, all right, we need to get there a half an hour early before Brett and Nick Richie get down there because you know, all <laughs> the food's gonna be gone. Um Yeah, so that all right, so that's two weeks in a row where we got a really good, you know, we got really good DM like- questions
2: like the fun questions
0: yeah um actually now i'm kind of curious zach you can't you can't take marshawn and you can't take pasta who would you take or who would you pick to host your bachelor party on the team right now and you can't take marshawn or pasta
1: um i'm just running through the roster real quick but i think Top of my head, I think got McAvoy, just got that fat boy look Ooh. going to him. I think that there, I think that there'd be, you know, lots of, lots of like activities to go and do, right? Like some, some fucking, you know, your stereotypical bachelor party type of things that we're doing. He would make sure people are drinking at all times. Like, I don't, like, if he saw you without a beer in your hand, I think he'd call you a pussy and like fucking. <laughs> start like body boxing you until you start (laughs) drinking uh i definitely think he'd be bringing the extracurriculars to the party i think i think this guy would make sure that it's a good time as long as it's off season if he's an off season i think he's a fun guy like this but we're having bachelor party in june like i think everything's on the table like i think it's your i think he's your cliche like hangover style bachelor party where you're just like waking up the next day like fuck dude chucky got us again
0: <laughs> chucky got <laughs> us again <laughs> Goddamn, chuck <laughs> yeah all right well we are at the well we're a little over an hour and a half uh for this sixth episode of something's brewing uh feel free to you know at any time if you ever have any thought you know you want a question answered you know, any any question or weird question like you know, like those two that we've gotten the past two weeks. The awesome questions. Those are the, those are the fun questions. If you ever have those thoughts, you know, send them in. We'll answer them on the podcast. So you guys have been good friends, about that so far. Tell your friends about us,
1: tell them tell like your friends. subscribe, whatever, because I am quitting if this show doesn't grow up by a lot before twenty twenty three. So if you if you enjoy my content, you better get some other people on this bandwagon.
0: Zach is like milky as an expiration date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Um BNG did we we did just get so- sponsored by Athletic Greens as always. Also of Wellness. Um AB Sports Collections, check them out on Instagram. Um they've got a whole lot of good stuff. You know, ho- hockey cards, baseball cards, uh basketball cards, any Any kind of sports cards you want, go check him out. Uh, He buys, he sells, sports memorabilia. You know, uh, you can follow him on on Instagram at ab underscore sports collection. He's got a whole bunch of good stuff. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I just want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions LLC. Just want to say, you know, we are. Or you can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Bruin Something. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Molanson underscore. And if you want, you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Sullivan 22. Um, but I like no one wants to follow me. <laughs>
2: Fun with you, that, haven't yeah. even, you haven't even followed the something bruin's account back
1: yet. <laughs> i haven't even listened to one of my podcasts so i'm just here for the fans.
0: dude. Zach, Zach's like a ghost he just shows up you know yeah. he just shows up sometimes and uh he's not active on twitter so i mean <laughs> extremely you don't even have not to...
1: active on twitter extremely yeah. not active
0: but but me and nick are so you know give us you know Follow us. We'll follow you back. Uh, we'll interact with you, whatever. Um, that's the fun part about this job. So with that being said, this is episode six of the Something's Brewing podcast. Should come out on Monday. So give it a listen and send us some questions. And with that being said, we will see you guys next week. Bye.